0: So let's look at where we are so far in Ramadan in thirds, shall we? It was the first third of Ramadan and we were so excited that it was starting a little nervous some of us for the fasting, as many people it was their first time, as their new reverts, or maybe they um weren't fasting properly before and they really wanted to do it this month, alhamdulillah. And so we were excited. Then as the second part, a second third of Ramadan came in, it got a little iffy in there, right? Some people started to fall off, teeter off, fall behind in their goals or schedules, or they never made any, so it wasn't going so well and they were finding it hard. And others We're doing extremely well. In this case, only the people who had planning and they had support and they kept trying and they were doing really well, alhamdulillah. But here we are in the last third. And here's the thing about the last third. It's for everyone. So even if you were doing well and even if you weren't doing well, these last 10 days are critical. These are our last chance to gain the mercy of Allah and our chance to connect and just find levels of our men that we haven't before. Let's talk about what we can do in the last 10 days in this podcast bye Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, a podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. And it has been so good. I think two thirds of Ramadan has passed at this point. We're in the last third, the last lap. This is the one I talked about in the free class. I can flash back to before Ramadan where we said, People are going to try to, you know, pull themselves up by their bootstraps at this point. If they're like peeling on the floor, (laughs) having done so well, they're going to try to put it together for the last 10 days. And those people are scrambling, right? Hopefully, or maybe they're still unmotivated. I hope not. We'll talk about what we can do either way. And then there's the people who have been going along all along very well. And you know what? If you push through the first week or two and, you know, second and third, and now you're starting to feel really good going into that last stretch because you have, built momentum, you have been pushing hard. For example, I know there's women in our Thrive Program, women around Ramadan Recharge Program, so positive. And even if they struggled in all of their difficult days or weeks, in the classes and in lives and things we've done together, you see them consistently showing up, and some of them are consistently showing up with really huge life problems. And I just want to, I just want to commend them and commend every single one of you that are getting up every day and just doing it, just getting up and you know having suhoor and fasting, even though it's hard. May Allah subhanahu wa taala reward you immensely. This effort does not go unnoticed by Allah subhanahu wa taala. Alhamdulillah. If you're new to the podcast, I know we have many new people, but I think you kind of know how it works here. We are coming to you Monday, Wednesday, Friday during Ramadan. And after Ramadan, it's Mondays and Fridays. But Alhamdulillah, just to give you like pick-me-ups and advice and tips of all kinds. So today's going to be a really interesting first time for me. It's going to be like a hybrid podcast because I have a guest on this podcast. But it's a very small snippet with the guest. And I'm not going to have the guest in the whole time. But she is an extremely important person who is very much part of what we do here at Mindful Muslimah. And so I will introduce her in a moment. But before we do, I want to just mention some things that I hope you are doing in these last 10 days of Ramadan to just kind of put these things into perspective. And then once I do, I want to acknowledge that for some people, doing all these things is really hard. And sometimes our emotions can get in the way still. So I have a little guest on that will give us a bit of a boost of how she Overcame her difficult emotions, especially ones of deep sadness or depression. So that'll be cool. We'll get into that in a second. But let's get started with the 10 days. I'm going to give you four bits of practical advice that I would love you to use to let you know exactly where to focus your energy. And these might seem like they're small, but they are mighty. All right, so this is um, the time of year that we're going to shift gears. I want you to think about shifting gears. What do I mean by that? When you are coming to the last third of Ramadan, you need to get your mind and your body and your whole schedule, to be honest, ready to shift for after Ramadan. Because let me tell you what typically happens, as I'm sure you know, as you might have experienced this, or if you're new to Islam, you didn't know, and then I'll kind of let you in you know, on the secret. So what people typically do is they get into a, a, a routine right now that is kind of like a Ramadan routine. There's certain times of the day where they wake up, certain times of the day where they do things. And then what happens is when we have Eid, which is our big holiday, and then people go back to quote unquote normal life, they drop that entire schedule and shift back into their old routine. But here's the problem with that. Your old routine is old, right? You were trying to get rid of it in the first place. It wasn't making you happy. It wasn't bringing you to your best self. So if we just go on about our regular rest of Ramadan right now and we don't switch or shift into a modified schedule that we can maintain after Ramadan, it's not likely that you're going to carry over a lot of the good that you were doing. And we don't want to lose that. That's so important. So here I am to help you do that, okay? And so I'm gonna just give you this piece of advice and go into these um, kind of four things that will help you with the transition, but you do first have to acknowledge that there should be a transition right now, so I always do this right about now, and then I will um, think about it. So normally in the last 10 nights, it's really tricky, because you're trying to do all this extra abeda, which makes you really tired and having crazy sleep patterns or lack of sleep at all. You will definitely be sleep deprived in these 10 days. If you are sleep deprived, you're not doing anything wrong. It's because that means you're working really, really hard. It's the last leg of the race. You're, you're pacing to the finish line. Okay. But at the end of the day, what I want you to think about right now is you need to not go overboard where you're going to make it so hard that you're going to drop it all right at the end so the point is slow and steady wins the race but at the end of the day I'm going to bump it up a bit more but I'm definitely not going to overwhelm myself to the point where I just drop it all so for example put in your mind right now a lot of intention about what you intend to do after Ramadan so my tip number one is sit with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask him to help you to make the most of these last 10 days so it starts with initiating going to Allah Always all the big change starts with us. Allah is just waiting, we go to him. Go to him and asking him to help us with these last 10 days and put this on the end of it and to carry over a lot of those habits into after Ramadan then my suggestion is after you're done talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you think about how you can do this now right now we just started a challenge with all the women on Thrive where we are actually in the middle of doing this together see when you're doing it alone it's not the same as together so if next year you feel like joining us you are more than welcome we only open once a year but for now the women are doing a challenge where every day for just two to three minutes we're helping them do the next step and the next step and the next step so um alhamdulillah we are talking now about like what do we want to carry over? So for example, if I was praying eight Raka of Tarawih at night, that's not likely I'm going to do that every, I mean, if you can, that is the obvious goal. But if you can't, at least maintain two or four, like whatever you feel you will be able to consistently do. If you were doing like a page of Quran a day and you know that's not gonna happen after Ramadan, at least promise to do at least five ayats of Quran every single day. Like make a commitment in a way in, a mind, in your mind with Allah of what you're gonna do after Ramadan right now and put that in your mind so that you're ready. So as soon as Ramadan ends, you just jump right into that gear. Hey, Rima. So happy to have you here on the podcast. And I'm really, really excited that you are able to talk to us about this topic because this has really been a huge topic. And I know you've probably seen it as we're talking inside of Thrive or inside of Ramadan Recharge, like this topic is coming up over and over. And and for me, I'm getting a lot of DMs on it. I'm getting a lot of people telling me they're going through really, really hard times right now and that they didn't think Ramadan was going to be this hard, not because Ramadan itself is hard, but because of all the emotional turmoil that they're going through. So I really think that you'll be able to help us so much today with kind of like what how they can navigate that a bit better. So subhanAllah, um I'm going to let you just kind of take it away. I know Rima has a great story to share on kind of how she went through some things and she came out just a better person, more enlightened. And we want that for all the women out there listening. So inshallah I'll leave it to Rima. All
1: right. So inshallah Bismillah. So when all of this happened, it was a couple of years ago. And it, I've always kind of struggled with being sad, I guess, I was never like diagnosed with depression. So um, there was a moment time in my life when kind of I had a plan, everything was planned out, everything in my life, like at 16, I knew where I was going to be in five years, I could tell you the details. And then, you know, there was one event, and then it was just a catapult. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I was, in, uh, um, I've all, I was in grad school and like my school life was falling apart. My social life was falling apart. My family relations were falling apart. For the first time, you could ask me, How, what is your life going to look like in two months? And I had no idea about any aspect. So it, it was just one thing. And then it was just like the blocks just fell. And there was no aspect in my life that I could look at and, and get comfort from. Um, So Alhamdulillah, you know, things worked out. But that being said, I I do want to start off with, even though I'm not in that place anymore, where it looks like I'm in this hole that I can't get out of, I did get out of it, Alhamdulillah. But sometimes that that's that fear, that sadness never really left. It's always kind of there. And these things that I helped me during that time are still constantly something I think about every day to prevent me from going back in that in, in that sphere and in, in that mindset um and the one the, the first the, the most important I think for me the verse that has gotten me through my life any kind of thing I've ever any kind of obstacle challenge has come up to me before this time and after this time whenever it was that Allah does not burden a soul beyond what it can bear that it can bear and that's a really famous Aya I, I mean it's like you'll find it all the social media everyone always says it to you when something's wrong but to me it kind of goes a little bit deeper because if you think about it he created you right if when you when an engineer creates a robot or a software on a computer the engineer knows what it can and cannot do The engineer knows how much to ask from it and to how much to, uh, you know, how much it can tolerate at any given time before it starts slowing down, before it completely crashes and all of that. If you think of yourself as a robot, your creator created you and knows your limits. He knows your limits, right? You might not know your limits. I can guarantee you there are times in your life you do not know your limits. He knows your limits. And this was kind of going to my next uh, point, but why would he take you to a breaking point, right? You have to you have to give yourself the credit that if Allah is testing you with something and he is testing you to a certain degree, you are strong enough for this challenge, whether you feel like it or not. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel prepared or not, whether you can see an end light there, you are you are strong enough for this you are able to do this and it's like a mantra it's a mantra you have to tell yourself every single time every single day every single hour tell yourself i am strong enough for this okay and that's a mantra i repeated myself all the time he wouldn't do this to me if i wasn't able to handle it i don't feel like i'm able to handle it i don't think i can get through this but he knows me better Come on, he, he knows me better. He knows me better than I know myself. And if he thinks I can do this, who am I to say, Yaharab, you're wrong. I mean, that you can't say that to him. So telling yourself over and over and over again, don't let that thought, I can't do this, get rid of the thought, I can't do this. It is, I can do this. I don't feel like I can, I don't think I can, but apparently, apparently I can. And that's just a mantra you have to tell yourself over and over and over again. I can, I can, I can, I can. Because the person, the, the being that knows everything, he says I can. And if he says I can, I guess I must be able to. Even if you don't truly believe in it, you have to tell yourself that. That was that first mindset change, that mantra you have to keep repeating to yourself. I don't know. Okay. Um, and that kind of goes into. Realizing you have to remember Allah Taala loves you. He, think of this. He says we're the best of the best, right? First of all, we didn't even have to be created. We didn't even have to exist. But for some reason, for some reason, Allah thought of you, actually gave you a millisecond of a thought and decided, you know what? Let me create this, this soul, okay? then we didn't have to be a living thing we could have been a rock that he created we could have been when that you know like a rock someone like just keeps hitting along the road we could have been sand. we could i mean we didn't have to be a living object Yeah, Allah Subhanahu gave us gave us life right again he thought of you again he gave you life then We didn't even have to be human. Humans are the best animals, okay? We could have been a plant that gets trampled, a dandelion that just gets trampled or picked up. We could have been an ant. We could have been like an elephant. (laughs) I mean, we could have been anything. But for some reason, he thought you were so important and so loved that he gave you a brain he gave you feelings. He gave. He blew. Like you know. He gave you a. He gave you. He made you a human. The best of all living creatures. He made you a human. Again, we are nothing, but for some reason, he loved us so much. He made us a human, and then not just any human. You know, if you're here, if you're on this platform, if you're trying, if you're asking Allah, that means you believe in him. He could have made us a non-believer, who at the end of the day after this life what is what do they have at the end of the day he made you the best of the best of the best of the best he loved you enough to make you a believer a believing human so when you say i'm not loved i don't feel the love the fact that you are here the fact that you are alive is more like we, we seem to say, oh, the fact that you're talking and thinking, I mean, there are so many women out, there are so many people out there, you know, with disabilities or situations or stuff, they don't have even like, you know, we might have someone who is paralyzed head down thinking, well, I don't have a body, like a fully functional one Everyone says, at least I do, but you were created. You were, there was so much thought that went into you that you were still made one of the best of the best of the best beings. You have to remember you are loved, and it's so hard to remember that sometimes. But there was a lot of love and thought that went into you being created, just being here. That's.
0: I think that's a great. I think that's a great point. That I think sometimes as simple as that, we forget that that in itself is a beautiful, thoughtful gift that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave us. And, And when you were going through that time and you were going through all these feelings, I'm sure it was hard to tell yourself that. So like when women are having that experience and they're struggling to like on a bad day, recognize that, like, what were some of the things that you were able to do that could help you pull yourself kind of?
1: That actually, that was my thinking process because at that time, I there was things I would just think was like, well, you know, you would think, well, you're supposed to think, well, at least I have a family. Well, that part of my life didn't like, wasn't there. Well, at least I'm educated. Well, you know what? I was failing there at that point. I, every aspect of my life was thrown apart, so I couldn't find anything to be thankful for. But just remembering, you know what? Life sucks right now, but I'm here. I'm here. The, the, the simple fact that you are still alive and breathing and you still have if there's still some decision if you're alive there's some way you can go forward right there's still a next second which means there's still another choice there's still another chance it doesn't feel like it but there's still a second another choice or chance in that next second that you take your breath that is you have to remember he he's not just he's not like oh well she lost it time to bring her back He's still keeping you here. He's still giving you another chance. And it doesn't feel like that. But the fact that you are here breathing, however, whatever situation you're in, remember, you you don't even have to look at a human. You know, you're supposed to look at the people below you to be thankful. Just look at the plant next to you. Look at that cracked wall. You could have been that thing. Allah created that too. Allah created everything. Mm. He didn't have to make you an existing being. I think you know, sometimes we feel like there's such a lack of choice. And when I want
0: women to know, most of all is like you're saying, like the fact that you're there, this opportunity is in front of you, but we just don't see that we're in a choice because we feel so stuck. And the thing is, even being stuck is a choice. Like, you know, yeah. you, can, you can decide to do something with that particular situation. You know, like I always I liken it to death. Like, you know, like if somebody came to us in our life and they, we love them so much and then they left us, right? And then I remember last panel talk about the, the Muslims that like thrash themselves on the floor when they when they're wailing and crying and they're beating their bodies. And this is forbidden by Allah to have this horrible response and reaction. And then there's the person who can have the same death of a family member and just go, Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, I learned so much from their life. What great they gave me. I'm gonna take that lesson. I'm gonna move on with that and live. Like you could just have such a positive response to a death, you could have a very negative response to a death and say, That's it, my life's over, it's depression. I can't live without that person. I can't Imagine my life the same. Like we can have extreme reactions to the same thing, and that that life event is permanent. Like it's not like something you could change. But you see how people can have totally different responses, and then go off. And I think we forget that our response is a choice.
1: And that response really, generally, is because of what we love, right? Because what we love in this dunya. And so, I personally feel I don't know if this is an a hadith or or in the Quran. Or I don't know. But from my personal experience, I feel like you are always tested with what you love the most. I mean, Ibrahim was asked to sacrifice his son, you know? And we have those stories of the prophets where they're continuously asked to sacrifice what is most important to them. And Allah is testing you. So if he loves you so much that he created you, he's gonna test your love. I mean, that, that's one of the parables of that story. He tests your love. When that was happening to me, I, I'm finally getting to that point where, you know, in my youth, I guess I'm 30, so I feel like I'm an old lady now, but in my youth, <laughs> I was tested a certain way. There was always this, everything alhamdulillah in my life fell into place, let you took care of everything, but there was always this one, one area in my life I struggled with, right? It, but that was this area My that what I have realized when people ask me, what are your, you know, what do you like to do on the weekends? I like to stay home with my family. I don't have hobbies. <laughs> like, I don't. And that has always been my test, my relationship with those closest to me, right? And then even after, you know, now I'm like, and that was when I was little, I had that, those are my tests. And even now, you know, I'm married, I have a child, I'm living on my own, the, the challenges have changed, the tests have changed, but the aspect of my life, even now, the thing most important to me, if someone were to ask, you know, 14-year-old Rima versus 13-year-old Rima, what is the most, if you could take something to an island, what would it be? My answer was always my family the people closest to me. And I think that is how Allah tests you. He tests you with what is closest. Some people are really money driven. Some people are really financially driven, right? They, they're tested a different way than I am. They're tested a different way. So whatever you're going through, it sucks. It does, it sucks because you are being tested with what is most important to you. If you had this grand, lavish, dizzy wedding with five, that was five days long and you got all the designer clothes and you were so crappy and you partied all year before it happened, you think you're not gonna be tested. Or if you spent your entire youth and you never hung out with anyone and you were focused, 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 focused on work and school and school and getting those good grades and I'm gonna get that job and I'm gonna get that job. Allah's gonna test it. Like, which who do you love more? Do you love this thing or do you love him? And think of it almost as an honor. The non-believers were tested with what they loved. Mm. We're told they will give all. They will get all of their rewards in this life.
0: You know, remind looking- me of uh, Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he was tested with things that were really really hard. He, he turned to Allah subhanahu wa taala and he said, "If this is a, is a punishment from you, then I accept it." because you are most just, like you would never give me anything I didn't deserve. And if this is a test, then increase the test because I know from my response if it is good I will only gain reward so either way he was like bring it on <laughs> you know like this is what I know is good for me because you only do what is good for me and sometimes like you said like Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the Quran he says I will test you with your wealth I will test you with your children I will test you he's aiming all these things and of course these things like you said are things that are going to be close to us things that are our, our livelihood or people that we love and so yeah I think sometimes just recognizing it that everybody has a test and he's testing our sincerity we can't say we love Allah I'm a Muslim and then like you know, and, and even unless this in the Quran did you think you wouldn't be tested like people just like get shocked when they have a test and you're like but that's what it is let's recognize what it is and then let's re- just if anything people should learn how to respond to a test right because you know tests are coming it's not like it's not like if they're coming, it's when they're coming, right? So like if they're coming and everything like that, then like, how am I going to respond? So I should be ready with my response. That's why like, I love when you come on and you talk with us and, and thrive and in the book clubs and things, like you have such um, great, thoughtful um, things to share. And I want more women to think about, like, like spend more time learning and thinking and sharing with women so that when things come about, we have a better response. And we're not just all sitting alone, stuck in our own head, which is what I feel happens to a lot of people when they're depressed. They go like, I don't want to talk to people. I want to get by myself. No, you got to get out there. You got to talk a bit because sometimes once you come out of your head, you can start to feel a bit better. But it's it's hard when it's just you and you and you chatting about it to yourself. But um, I know you you mentioned some really great points. I just wanted to highlight them. The fact that we're not alone. Allah loves us. The fact that Allah doesn't burn a soul more than he can bear. And the fact that um, he's going to test you with what you love. And I know one of the great things that we're trying to move towards in Ramadan is gratitude. And I know that can be hard for a lot of people
1: so can you give us any insight on that in terms of your depression just being thankful for the small and before i go that i just want to say something you just said you have to be ready for the test right but i think also you have to remember why are you being tested why are you being tested mm. it's because he thinks you can do it that in itself is wow like think of it this way oh my god Allah do you really think i can do this like this is pretty difficult you think I can do this? Like, give yourself a, like, have a prideful moment. Don't tell everyone else to have a prideful moment between you and him. Do you really think this highly of me that I can be tested with this kind of a situation and still pass? Like, that's a thing. That's, be proud of yourself there. It's hard. Don't, you don't want to be in that situation, but he thinks you can cast it. That's saying that's something, saying something about, about you
0: in your heart. You know, that's a beautiful bit of a mind shift there. Like it's from, from it being a negative to like being almost a compliment. So yeah, it
1: is. And I've gotten to the point now, well, now, like, I think about eight, eight-ish years ago, I started thinking like this, that if, you know, there was this certain situation that always made me like upset and now I've kind of think like, every time, like everything's going fine, everything's going fine, everything's going fine. And then, boom, something happens. And you're like, what just, where did that come from? I now think to myself, Yarab, was I falling in love with this situation more than I was loving you? Is that why, is that why you're kind of like bringing me back to earth and being like, no, no, no. It's not about this person. It's about me. Like, is this his way, you know, in, in, uh, in college, I, I was a part of a class about Western civilization. We had to study a little bit of the Bible and the Torah, and this. And the Torah, which is like you know Musa book. I know it's not the original, but it's there. He describes himself as a jealous God. And I was thinking of that. Yadab, was I showing too much other lo- too much love to this thing that I absolutely do love that I started ignoring you? Is that what you're bringing yourself back? Are you bringing me back to you? Like, hey, wake up, I'm here, love me more. Show me you love me more. And he's going to test that by my relationship or situation with the thing that I love. Mm, SubhanAllah. Yeah, and
0: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a lot of people don't realize that there are there is a minor shirk. There are many minor shirk because Allah because like people might not realize, like they might be obsessed with their phone, right? And then you're on your phone, passing prayers, on your phone, not really reading Quran and Ramadan, on your phone. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like, who's your illa? Who is your God? Your God is who you spend your attention to, who you spend your love with, who you spend your time with. And if it's all on on, on a piece of a metal or and, and glass, and 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 you know, if the battery died, we could just literally throw it out the window. It's so useless. It's it's shameful. Um, you know, something like that. Sometimes it's a person that we love, like a like a like a spouse or a child or a parent. And so yeah, like there is that thing where he might test us with that because he wants to know if our heart is really where we say it is and you know what the most people don't realize that our time on earth it's like a, it's like al firqan it's like the criterion oh oh, oh sorry. allah's allah's trying to like bring us back to him but he needs a criterion of who did the right thing and who didn't, right? So he has to say like, okay, so who's actually following and who's not. So I know who to reward and who not to reward. So it's also, he has to kind of sift through and that's a way for him to tell like where we belong. And so it's also that as well. Um, I know you said you were gonna say something about uh, gratitude. What, What was it that you said you were gonna say? You
1: know, again, just being thankful for the small things. You know, like if you're really at that point where you don't even want to get out of bed, Alhamdulillah, I woke up today. Or, you know, if you're in a situation, I'm just coming off the top of my head, but you're in a situation like a domestic abuse situation, you know, Alhamdulillah, I'm alive. There's a roof over my head, you know, which is not related to your situation, but there's a roof over your head. Okay. Or, you know what? I can't get pregnant right? But Alhamdulillah, I have this other thing that's bringing joy to me. Or maybe I got pregnant. Alhamdulillah, Allah's giving me, you know, with a baby comes, comes blessings into your home. You know? Oh, I didn't get into this degree. Well, he's the best planner. He knows. He knows what you need in your life. So maybe he's going to give me something better. You know, like focusing, even if your glass doesn't seem half full, even if it seems just a drop full Focus on that drop. It's tiny. It's tiny, you know? I'm depressed because I miss my parents. Well, what about, where are you? Where, what what in your environment is Allah trying to get you towards before you get to go back, you know? It's focusing on, okay, yes, this part of my life sucks, but maybe there's some tiny thing, you know? Maybe my favorite cookie is out today and I can go get, like tiny thankful moments those tiny little drops will accumulate into a half glassful, full glass half full yeah <laughs> those tiny tiny thing it might seem like all the big things are bad but focus on that tiny 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 thing and start counting those up start start you know collecting those little droplets mm-hmm. They might make something yeah I love that analogy because it's, it's even the smallest thing we can hang on to, and a
0: lot of times when we're stuck in our own world, we, it's because we're not seeing what's worse off. You know, I did a lot of work with people in Ramadan in charity, and as we were helping people in um, in Sudan and Yemen, like when you see the condition of the average person in certain parts of the world, and then you're like, oh, the guy at Starbucks he messed up my coffee today, oh, and you're like, oh my gosh, people's like the things that upset us that we like will carry on and backbite about for hours later. You're just it's like people haven't eaten for days, people literally are sleeping in the dirt, people um, you know, have lost limbs, people have lost children, people are like having real serious problems. And sometimes we're like, oh, you know, fasting, I'm not sure if I feel like doing it. Like, we're very, very um sometimes we're I feel like we're not holding life into perspective, and so I think sometimes it's important just to bring yourself back to earth. Like these are real feelings we're experiencing, but if we saw how much, like you said, blessing there was in the midst of it, and most people. can't focus on it because they're so focused on the bad and so it really means pulling yourself to focus on the good and in the good is where you start to feel better like when you said focusing on those drops that's how you start to crawl out don't we want to stop being sad
1: anymore that's the avenue so why not do it that's that's the way and then the other thing to remember is again it goes back to Allah's love for you right he who's the person that loves you the most in this world your mother. And he says your mother's love compared to my love for you is nothing. (laughs) You know, she's going to forget you on the day of judgment. I will still be the one. You know, like, I couldn't find any like sources to like solidify it. But he says his love is like 70 times more than our mom. And think of a mother with her child, right? You as a mom, you don't want your child to have a bruise. You don't want your child to have a tear. You don't want them to cry. You want the perfect life for them. But how do you teach them to walk? They have to fall okay and subhanAllah if Allah loves us so much more than his mother than our mothers if he loves us so much more he's also gonna let us fall okay and our fall from Allah subhanAllah isn't gonna be like oh I fell on the floor and I scraped my knee and now I'm crying no it's gonna be like a, an event in our life life-changing events but our mom knew that by falling, we were gonna get stronger and one day we were gonna run. And that is what happened to me when I fell. For example, when all my life fell apart, right? Before then I was that girl, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna marry rich. I don't even have to work. I'll just marry a doctor. When that situation happened, I realized how important it was for me to have a job and an income. Because me having an income, and this is just me personally, not everyone might think like this, but me having an income meant that I could make independent decisions about how I wanted to raise my child. In my family, independent decisions. That if I ever wanted to care for my parents in the old age, I don't have to ask anyone. I'm able to do it. If I needed to, if I want my daughter to go to a private school, no one will be able to say it's too expensive. I can send her to an Islamic school. After like 20 some years of my life, after 20 some years of only focusing on education, I actually became invested emotionally in my education for the first time. Where, you know, I used to go to, when I was going to school, I was like, I really wish I could be a doctor. And I was like, who who are these people? Why do they only want to be these amazing jobs? That was the first time when I went through all that I realized, wow, Allah Spandala has given me this education for this amazing career. And I've taken it for granted and now I want it because I might not be able to get it. You know, I hadn't passed my exam yet. Um, so it was in this time where I was, like, I, I was studying for my exam when everything kind of broke apart and I took a year longer than everyone else. Like it just, my whole life fell apart, but I was more passionate about my education in that one year And I was in the last 20-some years of my life. So there was something that came out of it. He was showing me, hey, 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 come back. This is better for you. Don't take this for granted. This is better for you. I'm giving this to you for a reason. And when he almost took it away, I realized, no, 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 please don't let me. And now I do not take my career for granted. I know what it allows me to do and I'm so thankful for that but if I haven't hadn't gone through that struggle I wouldn't think the way I do now I wouldn't feel I don't wake up in the mornings and go oh I have to go to work I go yeah alhamdulillah just let me get there safely (laughs) because this is really early and I don't like driving in the mornings Mm -hmm. alhamdulillah I have it because I know what it allows me to do. And his plan was better than my plan. There was a reason he made me struggle. There was a reason. And it took me years to get out of it before I realized it. But now I'm so thankful I went through that because I appreciate my life so much more and my situation so much more now. And that was not easy to see at the time. But at the time, the trust was, okay, he says he loves me. He says he knows what's better for me. He says he's going to take care of me. So I'm just gonna trust that. And then years down, I'm like, oh my God, you really took care of me. <laughs> like subhanallah.
0: Subhanallah. So, there's an uh, there's a bit of a trust fall. Like I always say people, and until you've done it, you don't realize like how much better a lot is in his plan, like you said, in your plan. And once you've done one of those and two of those, you're like, all right, this isn't so bad. And then you start to do it a bit more, but a lot of people they're just scared to do the first one or two. They're like, no, I have to figure it out. I have to calculate it myself. And that's why Allah says in the Quran and they deem themselves self-sufficient. You guys just like do it and do it and do it until your way totally fails. And then you're like, oh God, please help me. He's like, I could have helped you the whole time. Like, I don't know why you're harming yourself. I don't I don't want you to do it alone, but we keep doing that. So I love that you shared that today and i want the women to know out there that like you're not the only one going through this there's things you're going to go through it's a test there are chapters in our life i like to say it like like your life is like a book right the angels are going to hand you your book when you go to meet us and, and in each chapter you're going to go through something that's going to hopefully take you to an elevation but our response is really key so let's use the rest of this
1: ramadan to to do that um do you have any uh, final things you wanted to share with us Last thing, and it goes off of what you just said You're really scared to take that first trust fall, right? I was too. I think the reason the first one is so scary, I think, is because you're expecting your help to come from somewhere. You're like, you're always taught, oh, when things get bad, this is the person who's going to take care of you. When things get bad, this is where you're going to get help from. When things get bad, this is what's going to happen. You're told from a young age, but you have to be open to the help that is coming for you because... I can tell you the help that came to me, that was my, I would say my first trust fall that happened. And where I expected the assistance to come from, it did not come. And if I had closed my heart to everything else that was coming towards me, I don't think I would have gotten out of it. I still say that the, the people that, that that pulled me out of that were not who I was expecting to pull me out of it they were not supposed to be the people who were going to be there when I needed them. The people I thought were going to be there when I needed them were not there. And that was a huge mind shift change where you have to trust Allah's taking care of you, right? But it's not going to always be the way you think he's supposed to take care of you, okay? So if you're going through a situation and you're like, well, this is supposed to be happening. You know what? It might not, but that help is still going to come in a different form. And it might not look what you. Th- it might not look like what you think it's going to look like. It might look completely different, and you might not even recognize it as assistance. In b- before, you know, if you're going through like like family situations, maybe something's happening in the community, and you're like, "Why is this person bothering me?" Well, maybe Alessandra is th- bringing something else into your life that you have no concept of yet. So be open to the assistance of the world. Cause Allah puts every single thing and person in your life at a certain time for a certain reason. So no one's there by accident, Absolutely. and you might only be looking at ten of those thousands of people in front of you, and you're not getting what you want from them. But just take a look at that other person who is trying to reach you or throw something in your path, and you're like, "Not this is not the time." <laughs> but when you open you, when you're at that point where you're like anything and everything will help me you'll get subsistence and it might not be from where you think and that's okay
0: that's okay that's a great point like you have to be open to that because sometimes we just have our way though again even though we're like all right Allah I'm gonna let you help me but like I'm expecting we don't say those <laughs> things but we kind of put everything in a condition and that's such a good point and I want to say like Reem has been such an amazing um, participant in like everything that we do like we have deep book club conversations we have like thrive it's just like and that's the thing like eventually when you're with somebody long enough over and over you start to feel like wow like we're really friends we really like know each other we talk about stuff together and it's like really really nice to like get to know people and like see their perspective and they're like as we chat more and more in all these group things that we do, like you, everybody's like stories kind of start to bloom and come out of them, right? You First, it was just like that person on the Zoom thing and that's the name that they have with their little picture. And eventually it becomes like this like lifelong type friend that you just feel like so connected to, even though you've never technically met. So it's always like so sweet. Yeah, subhanAllah. Like I always feel that way. And like, and I feel really, really excited when I see people like on another book club or on another one, I'm like, woo, we're going to do this one together too. And you feel like it's something that you're all doing together so i love that you're bringing this story and i really want to commend you because i know it's hard like to talk about these really deep like hard parts of our life that are like a little bit uncomfortable but the thing that i love about reem is reem is always sharing for the benefit of other people. Like she's always thinking like, well, this really helped me. So I want somebody else to get the same help. So thank you so much Reem for coming on and and sharing that with us. And I just wanted to say like, looking forward to spending the rest of Ramadan with you because we're we're in all these things together anyway. Alhamdulillah, love, love being with you. And i always love listening to your takes on everything. She always like comes out of nowhere with like something about like a paragraph in a book or like this awesome perspective on something. So love that you got to come on today and kind of share a bit more more outside of Thrive and outside the club into the entire world. Um, as you guys know, we reach about probably like 145 countries right now. So Reem's voice will be blaring the airways. But it's not
1: gonna help somebody, somebody. Yeah. And and so
0: lost. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure that is because there's so many women going through so many hard things. And if you're going through something hard, please don't go through it alone. We have so much love and support here at Mindful Muslima. And you could always go and check out our website, www.mindful-muslima.com. We have free classes. We have resources probably after Ramadan, after about a month or so, we'll start another book club and forever, forever, like within Ramadan, if you're struggling, DM me on Instagram, if you have any issue, we have free Skype, uh, 15 minute sessions, anything you need, we are here to support. And I'm not the only support. Once you come inside of our circle, we have beautiful women like Reem and a ton of other women who are just like wanting to just like, it's like one big virtual hug. So definitely don't go through it alone. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. And thank you, Reem. It was such a pleasure to have you. And Allah, I will talk to you guys in the next one. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.